Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, friends, to our brand new episode in the book of 1 Timothy, our fourth, actually, episode in this brand new book. We're calling it Behave Yourself, and uh, we're finishing chapter one today, Lord willing. There's only six chapters in this book, this power-packed book. I think back, John, to our series in 1 Samuel or you know, in yesteryear, our series in Luke or Acts and just spending months in those books. And it almost seems unfair that we're already done with chapter one and we're essentially 15% done with the book here after this episode. Yeah, it is a market difference here doing a shorter book, Pastor. We'll, we'll be through, it, through with it uh, before we both, you know, have several months of life pass by us. <laughs> Thanks for that. That makes me feel uh, old. Look at verse uh, number 16 uh, of our text, chapter one. Remember we said that uh, Paul had quoted a well-known saying in those days, uh, this is worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm chief. And Luke made that exact point when Jesus had sought out Zacchaeus, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's a purpose for Jesus coming. Jesus did not come to earth to do miracles. Now, I'm glad that he did miracles, but his miracles were performed simply as a validation to a much greater part of his ministry, which was the message of the gospel and the accomplishment of the gospel in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the purpose for which Jesus came was to save sinners. And Paul was quick to say, and and I'm the worst one. Now look at verse number 16, because here's a why verse. How be it? For this cause, his salvation, even in his chief of sinners status, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So Paul said, Hey, I view my salvation as, and I'm going to just put it in modern terms here, I view my salvation as, wow, if God could save me, he could save anybody. As I read what you just said there about Paul in this verse, I listen to you read it. My mind also goes to, you know, to John Newton, amazing grace. You know, what he often, John Newton testified about him being just a great sinner, about how God had grace in his life. And amazing grace, a very popular song, obviously, now. But Paul had lived a life that was far from what Jesus Christ was and is, but Jesus Christ did save him. And I love how you put it, that now, you know, Paul is just an example of what God can do by his grace in a person's life. Every now and then, I know this is probably true for you too, John, and, and, and listeners, I know that many of you are just faithful witnesses for the Lord. And how many times have we approached somebody, shared Christ with somebody, and they'll say something along the lines, well, you know, I, you just don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. When people begin to go down that road, I always go to this verse. And I'll, I'll ask him a shocking question. I'll say, well, is it worse than killing Christians for a living? <laughs> they kind of look at me oddly like, what are you talking about? I said, well, that's who Paul was. You know, Paul 
killed Christians for a living, and yet Jesus saved him. And yes, we have uh, a sordid past. We all do. But God's grace, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It's not about the depth of your sin. It's about the depth of his grace, uh, that salvation is foundationed. And so verse 16 is just such a heartwarming verse for, for everybody. And, and it was so heartwarming to the Apostle Paul that it just kind of made him stop and have a little praise fit, okay? Because look at verse number 17. Now, unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. You know, Paul could not talk about salvation, uh, the, the purpose of Christ's coming, his own rescue without just stopping and saying, God be praised, God be praised. In all of what God is and all of who what God does, may God be praised for this work. You know, the wonder, the magnitude, the richness of Paul's salvation was something he never got over. And it is great to see Paul sometimes, he's talking about what God has done in his grace, how on more than one occasion, Paul will just, you know, drop into this praise of God, of how God is so great. Paul truly lived daily in the light of the glorious great grace of Jesus Christ. He wants Timothy to understand that same concept and live by that. And I think in our life, that's what our Savior wants us to do day by day. Just be thrilled that he's our Savior and just praise him and serve him because of that. And maybe our problem when we find ourselves not praising the Lord or doing it to opposite, and that is being critical and complaining and murmuring, and we all do it. Maybe the, the, the antidote there is, yeah, exactly what you just suggested, John. Just stop and think about what God has done in your life. Just kind of re, uh, review your salvation testimony. Count your many blessings. You know, name them one by one. And uh, Paul is, is just effusive and his praise to God. Verse number 18 returns to the really the theme of the chapter, which is Timothy. Remember we, how we started this whole chapter? We started by saying the word of God is central in any ministry. It must be preached in its simplicity, in its integrity. Uh, let's get the preacher out of the way. Let's get the Bible on the, on the bottom shelf, and let's get people acquainted with the, the God of the Bible. So he comes back to that in verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, Son Timothy. Remember, he said in verse 3, charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So all of what we've talked about the last couple of episodes have been in the context of Timothy, stay in Ephesus and keep the focus on the Word of God. And don't allow these false teachers, don't allow these charlatans, don't allow these abusers of the message of the law to steal from you the strength of just good old-fashioned gospel preaching. The gospel changes lives. And so back in verse 18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So, uh, Timothy, I'm telling you what to do, but I'm also suggesting some incentives by which you can have the strength to do them. You know, I think of how that when Timothy was called into gospel ministry, 
how that Paul, you know, they laid hands on Timothy. They knew that Timothy was to be a, a great young man going forward, serving in Jesus Christ. He could be a faithful minister for Jesus Christ. And, and, and Timothy, Paul never wants Timothy to forget the great confidence that, you know, that God himself has in Timothy and having Timothy appointed as a man of God to lead the church of God. And Timothy needs to take heart and not be discouraged by opposition, but know that God himself is the one who has, through the Apostle Paul and others, appointed Timothy to here, and he needs to war, fight a good warfare and be faithful in ministry because his sovereign Savior, Jesus Christ, is what who has put him here, and he can, through Jesus Christ, do great things for, for the glory of God. Isn't it encouraging as well that Paul said, Timothy, find your validation and find your uh, encouragement in what has been declared biblically about you. It would be it would be easy for Paul just to say, hey, I'm your encourager, and but if you need something, just give me a call, and I'll always be here for you, buddy. And that's important for us to be there for people. But at the end of the day, mentors die, and people move on. And sometimes people I'll get lost in the battle. And what Paul is doing so wisely is saying, Timothy, find your strength in the Word of God. Find your strength in what God has declared about you. That will keep you strong in the darkest hour. I won't always be there. I can't always be a phone call away. Matter of fact, Paul can never be a phone call away. But the Word of God and what you know about God's declarations upon your life will always be there. He told Timothy in 2 Timothy, stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the laying out of my hands. In other words, Timothy, those things that God led you to do and those prophecies that God declared upon your life back in those days, they're still valid. He that began that good work, he's still working. And so trust him. Look at verse number 19, where the Bible says, well, we're, we're to war a good warfare, And we're going to come back to that soldier metaphor a little bit later on. But then the Bible says, verse 19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Timothy, make sure you hold on to what the word of God says. Make sure you hold on to your strong reliance and belief in the claims of the Bible. Don't get yourself off track by not being Bible-centered. And I love how Paul even ties us back into words he used back at verse 5 about the importance of our faith that we have in serving Jesus Christ, not having a, you know, an, an unfeigned, having an unfeigned faith and about the good conscience. These are things Paul already has told Timothy. And now he's going to give Timothy some examples of people that haven't followed this route and they've gone the wrong way in life. And so the, this was not just some you know, abstract idea Paul's talking about. This is something that Paul had seen in ministry, had, he had experienced it in ministry. He knows that Timothy will see this in ministry as well. He doesn't want Timothy to go down that road because if he does, it will destroy him. Paul was not afraid to call names, uh, not in a vindictive way, not in some kind of a salacious, gossipy way, but Paul was willing to say, Timothy, there have been guys just like you who have believed just like you, and they are no longer in the ministry. And he gives us two examples in verse number 20, of whom, talking about shipwreck now, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, 
whom I have delivered unto Satan. I know that sounds ominous, but that simply means, hey, I have excommunicated them from the fellowship of the local church. Very similar to what he says uh, about the the man in 1 Corinthians 5. And, And then watch the purpose for which they've been disfellowshipped, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So even in going to this extreme of, guys, you're not welcome here in this church. You're not welcome. If you're going to continue to teach this false doctrine, you can't stay here. But Paul was hoping and praying his intention was maybe this level of discipline, this final level of church discipline will be enough to cause them to repent and come back. And we would take them back with open arms. So even when church discipline goes to the nth degree, the purpose is always restoration. And I love that emphasis that Paul gives us, Pastor, that we don't discipline people in the church just because so they so they get what's coming to them. No. We have a heart of love, even in discipline. And Paul did this because he wanted these men to be right. He wants them to learn. And it's important for us, even if we have to say things to people that are, you know, that may not seem to be what they want to hear, but or even if we had to have church discipline, there is a greater reason that's for their good to get where they need to be, that they might again serve Christ faithfully. Right. It's a lot easier to deal with behavior on the boat than to watch that boat crash into some rocks on some waves and then have to go rescue somebody from a raging ocean. These men have made shipwreck. Mm-hmm. Timothy, look at it. Okay, understand it, study it. We're not there, we're not here to judge them. We're here to learn from their example. So Timothy, stay by the stuff, preach the word of God, deal with false doctrine, stay faithful, and see what God can do in your life. Well, that's chapter number one. We're gonna jump right into chapter two tomorrow, which I think is so appropriate for uh, our nation at this point. And I hope you'll uh, be here for that as well. Have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.